I was also told at about age nine, which I didn't share in this story, I dropped into me that he would get liver cancer and he went to the hospital to check and they're like, nah, you don't have liver or lung cancer. And I knowing came through me and it said within the next, you know, I think it was 10 years, he will get lung cancer or liver cancer and maybe die. And I was like nine. I had no idea what to do with this information. I had no idea what to do with the information at four years old. And to be honest, I really started to just push it down and didn't really want it to be part of me anymore. I was like, this is scary. This is information I don't want to have. This is so much information about my dad and I love him and we're close and what is happening? Hey, my name is Belinda Carusi and welcome to my show. This podcast was born through my obsession of business, personal development, and my deep desire to living an extraordinary life. I am a small town mama who took used car tires to start my first outdoor boot camp and grew it into a multiple six-figure fitness empire. And now I work from home helping business owners create the business of their dreams. I will take you on an adventure that will open your mind and your heart and truly help you believe in yourself to just do the thing you were born to do. Like I would say in my boot camps, three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Belinda Carusi show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Belinda Cruzy Show. I am so excited to have my next guest on the podcast, Adriana. She was in one of the mentorships that I was in previously, and when I walked into the my first retreat, I saw Adriana. I thought, oh, my gosh, she looks so familiar, and then I realized that I knew her partner from years ago, probably the start of my entrepreneurial journey, so it was awesome. So thanks for firstly jumping on Adriana. Um, she is also a intuitive business coach, mindset coach, and I just can't wait to explore your story and give people inspiration to how you actually got into the world of entrepreneurship. And now you run a lifestyle business that has nearly zero overheads. Um, you get to live, basically you live on the beach and you've moved away from Melbourne as well. So you're a Melbourne escapee. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. This is so good. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. You cut out for one second, but we are back with a vengeance. And I'm just so, I'm so happy to be here. Like, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming. I love your vibe and your energy and the way that you do business. And I think that it's just, it would be a disservice not sharing with the world what you do and how you do it. So cool. It's such a funny question whenever people ask me this because I'm like, okay, so how do we summarize this? So it's really evolved over time, I would say. But where it's ended up is this really beautiful, like, uh, amalgamation, this mixture of energetics with strategy, because I don't think we can have one without the other. And I think we either, mm-hmm. I, I notice that people share either too much strategy and no energetics or too much energetics and not enough strategy. So I really realized that we needed both, like a 50-50 split. And that's kind of how I ended up in what I'm doing now, which is mostly business coaching uh, and teaching people how to get clients from Instagram. So it's very, very fun. But then processing the stuff that gets in the way of them doing that. And that's what I do now in a nutshell. 
which is awesome. So I'd love to know, um, firstly, because I know a little bit more about your story, you are quite psychic and would you say mediumship as well? Like, yes. talk to me about that because I want to kind of amalgamate the story into how you actually got to doing the energetics as well. So cool. So good. Yeah. So it's so interesting because I'm like, how far back does this really go? As a child, I think I always realized there was something going on there. But really in my mid-20s, I had gone through like a big breakup and closed a business that I was running and, you know, all those big lifestyle shifts. And I was really just practicing finding myself like every day, day in, day out, you know, when you're between careers and you're like, who am I? And then one day I just got all this like hit of information come through me and I was like, what is all of this? Like, how do I know this random stuff about people? Why am I seeing things? What is this like spirit doing in my bedroom? And at the beginning it was like quite confronting and there was a lot to learn and a lot to wrap my head around. And I started doing practice sessions on all my friends and all my family and they let me thankfully. And I learned a lot about how to really like harness this, this, skill this gift I guess and I think everyone has it to an extent but it's how we are gifted it and how we need it and if we need it and I think for me it became really apparent in my mid-20s that it was like you need this this is part of what you'll end up doing and it made no sense at the time and I was like okay let's roll with it So they're different in the way of the psychic part is more like the messages that you get, the channeling, the the insights, the, you know, past, present, future bits and pieces. And the mediumship component, how it differs is more like the actual spirit. So people who have passed actually communicating and things like that. And you have had those things happen. So um, I remember watching actually a Facebook live of yours and you were talking about your dad, mm-hmm. um, I'd love you to, cause your dad's passed away now and I've been in part of the mentorship and, and heard you talk a lot about him and how much you've overcome and all of the work that you've done that brought you to basically the place you are. I'd love you to share that story quickly about your dad. Cause that was really interesting when I found out and that probably again solidified even more for you. Oh yeah. So it definitely did. It solidified it almost like still gives me goosebumps. Like I literally just got goosebumps every time I think about it. So I'll start by sharing uh, as a four-year-old. So imagine being four, like we've all been four, um, and getting all these insights about your own parents. And I remember getting these insights around my dad and like we'd be at the dinner table and your four-year-old is literally like, you're not part of this family, you're going to do something bad, saying all of these things. And my mum would just be like, um, you know, could we not? And I would just see all this information about him, that something bad was going to happen to him, that he was going to do something bad to us. And whilst he didn't intentionally do anything bad, he did end up with really serious um, depression and bipolar as our lives uh, all went on. And I was obviously getting a really big insight into this. I was also told at about age 
nine, which I didn't share in this story, I dropped into me that he would get liver cancer and he went to the hospital to check and they're like, nah, you don't have liver or lung cancer. And I knowing came through me and it said within the next, you know, I think it was 10 years, he will get lung cancer or liver cancer and maybe die. And I was like nine. I had no idea what to do with this information. I had no idea what to do with the information at four years old. And to be honest, I really started to just push it down and didn't really want it to be part of me anymore. I was like, this is scary. This is information I don't want to have. This is so much information about my dad and I love him and we're close and what is happening. And then my dad's, I guess, illnesses, mental illnesses really, really increased and ramped up over time and really had a lot of episodes. And then when I was 18, he was diagnosed with lung and liver cancer. And he was diagnosed with, I think, three years to live at that point, three or four. And he ended up living for only the next three months. And there was this deep knowing that it was going to be so much shorter than the three years that we'd been given. And one morning I was, I woke up and I remember like waking up really starkly from a dream. You know, when you have a dream and you, you, you kind of shut open and I was like, oh, whoa, what just happened in that dream? And I had this dream. So at this point I'm 18, he's ill already, but we'd been told he has three years to live. And I remembered the dream. I called my sister and I said, hey, like I just had this dream that Tata, which is dad in Serbian, that Tata took me to like the edge of a fire and told me he could trust me and then he disappeared. I think he's going to die. And then my sister, who's seven years older than me, so, you know, in her mid-20s at the time, was like, it's okay, you're okay, nothing bad is happening, you know, it's okay. What I didn't know is she called her best friend and was like, Andy, which is what my family called me, Andy just had this dream and about my dad and I think something bad's going to happen. She's really, really accurate. She obviously didn't want to spook me out. That day, my dad was found uh, half unconscious in bed and was rushed to ICU and died three days later. At this point in my life, at 18 years old, it was undeniable that I was getting messages. It was undeniable that there was something happening here. Gives me chills. That was so beyond me. But it terrified the shit out of me. And... He passed and now I have a beautiful connection with him in the, the spirit world and I've done a lot of work, you know, to to get to this point of resolution between he and I. This is almost 12 years ago now, so a long, long time ago. And as the years passed, I continuously kept having these dreams of death and then people would pass. Uh, the longest I had between a dream and it happening was three weeks. Um but usually it was within a day or two. So three weeks shocked me. That one really surprised me. So I guess from that, there's huge, huge insight to there's so many people that probably have had these kind of things happen to them and they've they've got this gift. Like I don't have that gift exactly, but when I listened to you say that, so when, so there was a couple of years ago when my, my grandmother was passing away, and it took her ages, so she was in palliative care for, like, months. And I mean, like, actually probably nearly, like, six months to a year. And I went to this, like, seminar. It was, like, this book writing seminar. And I sat next to this woman and we started connecting and she was very similar to you. Um, intuitive, 
and a bit psychic mediumship. And I said, what's wrong with my nonna? Why won't she pass away? Like what's she, like, what's she holding on to? And um, I was sitting there and she's like, Belinda, you can talk to her. Like you don't have to actually be there. You can talk to her. So I started talking to her and I remember talking to her and I just said, Nonna, can you please like tell me what you need because it's like you're holding on. It's like something isn't complete. Can you just tell me what it is that you need? So before at the time I had, we were, me and Ben were engaged to get married and it was that October. So I wasn't pregnant yet. I think she, you know, she passed away and then I fell pregnant. But so what happened, I think it was like a couple of years, like about three weeks. I don't even know. It was probably a week. I'm not joking. Like a week Mm. before she passed away, I was in this vinyasa session. So I'd done, um, you know, I'd done the, done, I spoke to her. And then a couple of days later, I did this vinyasa in the back in right at the end of, um, you know, when you lie down, what's that called again? When you lie down at the end of yoga, um, you know, I'm just meditating right at the end of yoga. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but anyway, so I'm lying there and I'm like, she wants everyone to be coming to her. And on Friday we need to have fish and chips and she needs every single person there for, um, before she passes away. She wants to see everyone and she wants to bring the family together. Wow. So as I'm leaving this yoga, as I'm like leaving the yoga chair, I ring my mum and said, mum, call Zia Maria. We all call my sister. Everyone needs to come to Nonna's room. We're going to have fish and chips on Friday and we're all going to come together on Friday. So anyway, I'm in my class. So we, everyone's organized to come. My, my Zia's getting in the train down. We're all getting together. And as all of this is happening, my mum visits my nonna and she passes away that Friday in the room. Um, and it was the Friday, so I get a call. So obviously she didn't want us all there when she passed, but she wanted us all to come together and celebrate her life that that night. And I was just like, <laughs> wow, like there is such, like there's so much in us that we don't trust a lot of the time too. <laughs> And the reason I'm sharing this is because I've had the experience as well, but not to that, that nth degree. And I bet you there's so many of you listening that you may have had that. Um, so from my perspective, it is like actually really slowly saying to trust that. But what would you, um, I think the more open you are, and I'd love to hear your perspective on if someone has had these things happen and they they kind of dismiss it but then they know that it's not something to dismiss like what would you do yeah so interesting goosebumps everywhere by the way um I think that (laughs) something I like to ask is like why not like that's what I struggle to understand like why not believe it why not enjoy it why not listen Mm. why not get the message and be okay with that you know, what really is, get, what's actually truly getting in the way of it? Is it too scary? Is it fear? Is it judgment? Because a lot of the time, like, it's just these weird reasons that we give, like, oh, I couldn't do that. Or, oh, you know, it always happens to me, but like, that's too much for me. And it's like really digging in and being like, but why? But why is it too much for you? But why not? And then I think once we start to look at it that way, we peel back our own layers and we're like, yeah, right, okay, I can do this. And then the next step onto that I would say is to ask more. 
So what that woman told you to do is perfect. You asked. You said, hey, what do I need to do? Hey, no, no, what do I need to do? Oh, you know, I have a client session later today and I said to her, before our session, I want you to ask, what do you need to know to clear this this piece and bring them all to me? Even if they don't make sense to you, we can unpack them and they'll make sense to me. She's like, okay. And I said to her, this is part of us building the trust within you and trusting that even when things don't make sense, we follow them. How do you follow the breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. even when they don't make sense? And that requires profound trust and trust is built over time. That is incredible and such a great way to kind of to open you up because I think the biggest thing, and this is what I've learned over the years, is that the more open you can be, the more you can receive. And that's not just in business, but it's also in spirituality, in life. You can get so much further and be happier if you don't have this closed book mentality. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear this, but like, you will be forced to hear it one day. Like, what was that forcing point that was like, stop fucking ignoring this. Like, this is, you have to do this. Like, this is part of your journey. So many things, but I'd say a massive piece to it was in this year. So there was this gap between running my fashion label, closing my fashion label down to being told. Yeah, I want to know about that, by the way. Yes, we'll get there. (laughs) And it was (laughs) over and over again, this message of like, do service-based, do service-based. You need to be in the service-based industry. And it was like this whisper. And I was just like, I wasn't familiar with this yet, by the way. And I would go to bed at night and the whisper would be like, do service-based business. And I was like, who are you? What is this? And I was like, all right, I'll start following it a little bit. I'll start following it a little bit. Then one day the whisper was like, go, go to a retreat in Bali. And I was like, okay. So I went to this retreat in Bali. I booked the ticket, went there. Uh, it ended. I went home and the guys who ran the retreat called me and I was like, in the car, I was working in a factory at the time, my brother. And I'm like, yes, hello. And they were like, hi, so we want to offer you a job and we're going to move you from Australia to Bali. We're going to pay for your flights or accommodation and we want you to work uh, for us in like the capacity of like a assistant kind of role. We want you to be fully like in service-based work, doing this, 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 this. We'll help you set you up to become a coach. To da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So I completed this job. I packed up my stuff and put my backpack on. In March of the following year, which was around December, I moved to Bali. And there was this deep knowing in me that every single nudge had led led me there. Like who gets a phone call saying that, hi, I want to move you to an amazing tropical place. I'm going to take your accommodation and you're going to like work with us. And we're like some epic legends. They're, they're doing really well now um, as well. And who are just, they? Uh, Joel Brown, if you know Joel Brown. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, a few people know Joel's pretty big. He started Addicted to Success and uh, Emil Steenveld and who does still some things. And I was a little bit for Ben as well, but mostly Emil and Joel, so it's pretty cool. Oh, amazing. That sounds like an epic. So so it was when you listened to that voice that things, and I think we all have it, like, and it gets stronger and stronger as we 
you know, if we don't listen, it just keeps happening. Like it's like bad things will keep happening if we don't listen to it, you know. And it up. I'd love to know like some of the things, yeah, so what are some of the things that like happen before you really change your career? So I'd love to know first, like you had this fashion label, like, and then you stopped doing it before you're in this business now. So number one, have you always wanted to have your own business or like how did it even start first? <laughs> how does this all happen? It's such I know, a there's like so many. <laughs> I know. So good. So absolutely. I've always like, I will say um, a, a, a benefit I've had in this is I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, when I was a kid, like six years old, I'd be like to my dad, so if I sweep your factory, we made trellis. Trellis doesn't really exist. This was in like the 90s. But if I make um, the trellis, will you give me a dollar for each one? And by the way, you make trellis with like big um, staple guns, like huge. And yeah, in the 90s, there was no like work cover or anything. So it was just like a free for all. So I would work in there and every one I would make, I'd get a dollar. And then every time I would sweep, I'd get like whatever it was, $2. And then I would save all this money and I'd go to my dad and I'd be like, if I put this in the bank, you can double it. And because like I was being like, I was saving my money and he was all right. So we would double all the money I'd put in the bank. I had a lot of money in the bank. And I was just obsessed with this concept. I just found it really, really fascinating. And then in year nine at school, I made these bracelets and everyone started buying them for me. And they were a dollar each. Okay, oh, it was free at the start and then everyone wanted them. And I was like, screw it, I'll charge you a dollar. And I made my first $100 and I was like 15 years old. <laughs> so it has always so good. been in me. Yeah, it was so funny. And then my, we're at a pretty strict school and they were like, whoever's handing out these bright colored bracelets must stop. So if my principal ever hears this, that was me. Uh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so it was just in me. So when I went to TAFE and I had this knowing, I did two years and I was just like, what is this learning thing? I'm just going to go out and just open a business. And then at 21, so I was were you, like, what were you studying? Fashion. So I was um, studying. So you quit your, yeah. you, did you quit your course? So it was a two-year TAFE course and then you could go to uni because I didn't do well in year 12, which I'm so grateful I didn't do well. Uh, I couldn't be more happy that I did badly at school. <laughs> oh, so, I am the same. You sound like they got the same story as me, by the way. Love it. I can so feel that in you. It's like this like hunger to it. And I think that really builds for a really good entrepreneur. Like, so cool. So yeah, that's what I studied. Um, kind of got to the end of the second year and was like, uh, I'm ready to move on from this. So I was 21 and I just started the business and I just started sewing things in my grandma's garage and putting them together and selling them to friends and family and at markets, uh, until it really started to evolve into like an actual functioning business. Awesome. And, uh, so then what made you stop? Were you doing that full-time or was it more of a side business? So it started as a side biz and I was working actually in a gym and I was their sales rep um, and I was bloody good at it. And I actually think that's where we may have known each other, by the way. Maybe. I did it for a long time. So which gym did you work to? Which one did you work at? Was it just Fernwood? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I was like, because when I heard you talk about that the other day, I was like, because we've tripped. We, so everyone to give you a backstory, I've seen Adriana and I'm like, where the hell do I know her from? Like, I felt like you were so, like, I'd recognized you, but actually I'd recognized your partner. But anyway, so backstory ended. We didn't work at the same gym. Continue. <laughs> And by the way, so you're working really in. Have but yeah, I was working at a gym and I was working there full time and I was running a fashion label on the side for a while. And so just that in itself yeah. to give people context of how much work that is, it's, it's a lot. And then I took what I call the leap, you know, and I leaped from having that income as my safety net and I moved and I quit that job and I moved full time into the fashion label, which allowed it to really grow. We ended up being stocked in 45 stores all around the world, um, doing big trade shows, traveling wow. Australia, selling it, um, having a website that was like doing really well and an Instagram page with like 17,000 followers, which was like big deal back then. Um, and all these amazing things. And it was incredible. I worked at it day in, day out, like all night. If anyone has ever been in an industry like that, it requires a lot from you. And I was learning it from the ground up. And then at about 25, so about four and a half in, years into running it, probably about oh, roughly two and a half years into running it as my full-time job, it was just a knowing that I either needed to, and it was very obvious with, with how like the numbers were going, I either needed to double down with how I was manufacturing and change a lot of like boring back-end things and so I could make more uh, profit or I needed to, to close. So I had this really, I was faced with my next big decision. It was outgrowing me. It was outgrowing my lounge room. Um, and our costs were so high at this point. Oh, um, I know so, that. Yeah, it was insane. My sister's, my sister's label, like, it's like she's done so well, but it's like, you know, it's just such a, this is why the service industry business is so good because you don't have to, balance cash flow all the time. You don't have to worry about putting a hundred thousand dollar order in and then being like, okay, now we all that money that we made this month is gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just such a balancing act. It's such a so I can definitely see why that would have been Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'm cut out for retail. <laughs> I think if I knew what I know now, like it would be, had been different and I reckon I could have stuck it out. But I also know that this other thing was calling me and it was just undeniable. Um, but 100%. I don't know that, that industry is dead for me. So watch this space. We shall see. Oh, I love it. I know. I think you've heard, I have heard you say that, which I think the best thing is, is recreating something that you have done. It's like you're starting from the ground up. And that's something that I'm doing at the moment, which I'm so excited about because you have all this, this insight to what worked and what didn't work. And then you can birth it in a way that is so much easier, funner, more fulfilling. Yeah. And it's what you desire. It's not necessarily because you feel like you need to do it because you need to make money. Like yeah. that's, it's so powerful. So yeah, so you've closed that down, which is incredible by the way. Congratulations on doing that. I mean, most people at 24 are still partying around the world, you I'm know, doing their thing. What were you <laughs> I love that. I didn't do that much partying when I had my business, to be brutally honest, and then I found out that I was pregnant at 25, so that 
that put a bit of a, a spanner in the works. I'm going to be one of those mums that has like a midlife crisis. I'll be like partying, you know, that mum that was like at the clubs with the parent, with the boy. And the, yeah, anyway, let's hope that's not me, but I'm, I'm worried that may come out. <laughs> so funny, so good. Oh, so good. Um, so yes, so you now, you now have bought all of your experience to supporting other entrepreneurs create a business of their dreams ultimately. So talk to me about your dream business, the business that you're living right now and how you took all of the skills that you would have learned from Instagram because you would have built your business up online. Um, you've used, you've incorporated your God-given gifts of your mediumship, your intuitiveness, um, your epic strategy, your entrepreneurial blood like I know for me uh strategy and business is just like it's part of me I don't even it's like a second nature for me so I can feel that that's obviously for you so tell me about your business and how you do what you do and how you turned it all from um these gifts into profit basically yeah it's so cool so it's really like this mixture I think like you're saying of how how they come together, but also knowing when we need one or the other. So there's a time Mm -hmm. for cleaning up the energetics. There's a time for just taking massive action. There's a time for applying really good strategy. And I guess my job in what I do is knowing like, okay, when do we need what and how do we need each part? So what I really take people through is, yes, there's this energetic component of cleaning this stuff up and we, we look at that and we do that and we feel our emotions and we process our stuff and we check what's underneath. And that really, that component really came from the psychic part. That was like years and years and years of doing one-off sessions and doing that and doing this and being like, there's a better way I could use this. And now I really mm-hmm. use it to tune into people's past, to tune into their trauma, to tune, to tune into what really needs to be like cleaned up underneath And now I can see how practicing that gift from like, you know, 26 onward has really led me to have this as part of what I do in my business now. So that's like part one. Part two is the strategy side of it. And for me now, this is really, like you said, it's Instagram. What I essentially, like my little line that I use is um, create a multi six-figure business without a big following. So what I got really good at was building businesses through connection through knowing how to use strategy and connection with your audience to attract clients. So I got really, really good at this myself. And I was like, I should teach this to everybody else. And then that's how I kind of worked in that part. And then the other part, like you said, is like that business component. So it's like, okay, I understand how business needs to operate. I understand what needs to happen first, second, and third. I understand the nuances that each person needs. I understand how to see a gap. Like someone will tell me about their business, like literally within two seconds, I'll be like, oh, that's a gap. And, but it's knowing how to feel that. And then that's really that, I believe that like entrepreneurial part of my brain that just is wired to see this whole picture and join dots together, which I love. It gets me very excited. Oh, me too. It's my world all together, (laughs) which is very, very fun. And I love it. Like I really, you know, Greg and I are my partner. We always laugh about how much we just like love what we do. And I'll be like waking up in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to help my clients. I'm so excited to reply to them. So it's very, very cool. 
It is very cool. And this is what I try and teach and what, what I'm trying to open people's minds up to is that you have just, from all of your experience, created a business that works for you, that works for your clients, and that truly just brings you joy. And like everyone has something, you know, one of my girlfriends is a, um, she's like the best organizer in the whole world. Like she's turned it into a business. Like, and I think the thing is people think that they need all these qualifications or they need this perfect business idea or they need, you know, to have X, Y, and Z, their shit together with blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, you just need to like realize that, for example, me, I'm a bit of a messy um, person. Like I'm a messy organized. I'm a artist. I would say I'm a very much an artist. So I just like make a mess. And then I'm like really trying to work on my organizational and you know, all those things. And my girlfriend, Elodie, she's like, and I'm getting her on the show as well. She's like the biggest organizer, the most disciplined person ever. She's got shit together. And I'm like, I need you. I need some of your habits. And like, I am paying her to come to my house and organize my cupboards and all of my shit. And it's like, everyone's got something. And if you can package it up into a way that can help someone achieve their goals, like, what an amazing way that you help people. You're not only just helping them with strategy, you've also got this amazing gift that you're packaging up. So what would you say to someone that is kind of on the fence that they're like, I feel like I've got all these things, but I'm not sure if anyone would pay for it or, you know, that I could turn this into a business. A few things. One is move way faster. Like you're taking too long. I'm a pretty harsh person when I'm working with people. And I say to most people, you're just taking way too long to do something. Like at the end of the day, that's probably Mm -hmm. the most common thing I see. We just take too long. We take 20 years to do something that takes one hour. And I think that that's the case. And when we can be brutally honest with love to ourselves, we can just be like, oh, okay, what's the first step? If I was just to put one step in front of foot in front of the other, what would that look like? Who could I ask? What's a micro, micro step I could take right now? And I say micro, I mean tiny. I'm going to message a friend and ask them what they think of my idea. Micro step, done. You've done it. And I'm going to open an Instagram account, done. Like really trusting that process. That's the other part. A lot of trust in yourself. And that's built, like Mm -hmm. I said before. And the other most important ingredient that I would just love to sprinkle on everyone listening is my good friend, trial and error. When Mm -hmm. you really look at my story and how this 10 years has evolved, there was so, I was willing to be in the energy of trial and error. I was willing to get it wrong. I was willing to tidy up. I was willing to go, that didn't work. Someone else maybe would look at my fashion journey and be like, I failed. But I look at it and I'm like, how cool is that? Someone could look at the journey I'm on now Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, like I would want to be further along, whatever it is to that person. But I'm so okay with trial and error that I've almost befriended it. I've gotten comfortable in that energy so we can continue to create from that place. I think we feel like a lot of the time we have to have it right. Like we have to have it Mm -hmm. sorted out. I never had it sorted out. So if I can give anyone that like sprinkle of, like a voice of reason, I still don't have it sorted out. I'm still just trialing and erring. <laughs> like you don't need it to have the answer. hundred percent. I love that. I love that. And what about if like someone like thinks, 
is it even a like would someone buy what I'm trying to do like what would you say to that someone buys everything (laughs) because you're always you you said like with the organization like someone has a different skill set to you for starters or someone is steps behind you. It's not a bad thing, right? There is business coaches who would be, you know, um, for people who are making multi, multi, multi millions. And then there's a business coach for someone who's making six figures and then on and on and on it goes, right? Because you just need to be those few steps ahead of someone. So I think remembering that there's, there's a niche for everything. There's a product for everything. And you only need to be a few steps ahead of the person that you're supporting. That always helped me. Oh, me too. I, I remember becoming a personal trainer and I was like, how am I going to learn how to like teach these people how to do certain things? Like I was an athlete growing up, so I did sprinting and I never did like actual gym workouts, like very rarely. And I was like, how do I even like teach them? They're like, Belinda, no one even knows how to, if you know how to teach a squat and that person doesn't know how to do a squat, but you know how to teach it, at least then you're one step ahead of them and then you'll get better and better every single time. And that is 100% the truth. And I, so think I love about that all, you shared that. I absolutely yeah, love it. I, I think it's so important. I think about all the people I've hired just in the last 18 months of my life. I've hired, you know, someone to help me train, someone to help me with like my, my uh, food and like what to eat, someone to help me with this, someone to help me. I wanted to learn how to dance. I had hired someone to do that. Like, you know, I think that remembering everyone's gaps are different. Like my knowledge is in one area, but then I don't know other areas. And I think that's really important to remember. hundred percent. And that's, you know, and that's the thing that everyone is, everyone's got given a gift, whether you want to believe it or not, you all have a gift and you, and I, I can feel that there, while people are listening right now, it's like, we're like, re, we're like sprinkling that, that fairy dust on them being like, it's okay for you to awaken that gift. Like life is better because of it. Um, so I just want to ask, because one of my clients said this to me and I'd love to acknowledge you and the work that you do. So because of the gifts that you have and you saying yes to doing this service-based business and coaching, what pe- what lives have you transformed? Like you would have multiple clients that have literally taken their idea to the world and their life has changed by you just saying yes to your gifts. Like the psych, the psychology mindset, emotional side to the mm-hmm. actual result in their business. I'd love to know about that. Yeah, I think what would be really cool is to, to share some really recent. Sorry, no, yeah, like yes, go, go. Is that what you mean? What were you going to say? Yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like how their life has changed because you said yes to you doing your thing, and then in that they said yes to them and how their life is fully transformed. But it wouldn't have transformed if you didn't say yes to what you were meant to do. Yeah, I say to some of my clients, I I would go to the extent to say it's selfish. It is selfish not to follow your gift. It is selfish not to sell your gift. 100%. And when we look at it from that lens, we're like, oh, like I think about the amount of people I've impacted in the last few years, big, small, medium ways. People have worked with me, people have read one post, whatever it is and how selfish it would have been of me to be like, Oh, I don't want to put that out there because of the few people who won't like it. 
So I think coming from that lens is so helpful. And then I think about these predominantly women who come to me and, you know, even recently when I've started doing just emotional work with clients and this client was like, wow, right now I wouldn't have hired you for business. But what this has done for my kids' lives, my partner's life, for me, for my business, from hiring you in emotional capacity, I could never put into words. For other clients, it's like remembering those little changes you're you're doing to them. Like one of my clients, I just looked down at my phone at the beginning of this and she had said, um, I want to buy you a, a cake and coffee to say thank you for my launch. It being so helpful. And I was like, this is the best. Like this is just my job. I was just doing my job. But when we go above and beyond, I think you feel this connection to your clients and remembering that she never would have known what to do in this launch, you know, if it weren't for all the trial and error in practice I had and how much that changes her life, her family, her business. So I think no matter what it is, big and small, our lives get changed. You know, I have a client who's a product-based business and I said to her, like, don't underestimate when you put your product out there and your art out there, you are changing the, the frequency of the world. It doesn't have to be that you're helping them with their emotions or their mindset. Like that is life-changing too. I think that's a really cool reminder. That is. And um, I don't know if I spoke about it in one of my podcasts yet, but I ended up, so a lot of my money and investment has gone towards personal development and business development and business growth. So I would always, without a shadow of a doubt, be like, oh, yep, that course, $5,000 for the weekend, sweet, done. You know, going to a retreat for Bali, learning about business, done. Going on a holiday for ourselves, no, absolutely not. You know, it has to be coupled. It was always like, and this I've learned over the last couple of years, is like it was always, it was never about me. It was always about Mm -hmm. the growth of this or that. But anyway, in general, I would always invest in personal development and business. Like it was like not even a thing. Probably spent like nearly $200,000 in that, like crazy. Um, And then we had just bought a house. Um, We just bought a house, me and my husband, you know, and I was like, I want to get an interior stylist to style it. And I didn't quite realize the expense of furniture and high quality furniture. So I, um, I was like, I want a new dining table. Like I'm Italian. You, you know, what's your, what is Serbian? Is it? Serbian and Italian. Your background? Yeah. Yeah, Serbian Italian. So you know what it's like. I want like a big table so all these people can sit with me. Um, anyway, so I sit there and, and I'm like, I want a big table and I want it's at least eight seater. And she's giving me these prices because my house is like a double brick, as you can probably see. And I wanted to like make it like this, like bit, you know, cool thing. Anyway, so she sends me chairs. I'll get to the story. She sends me chairs and they're hard. They, all of them were like $600 a fucking chair. And I'm like, I've never even bought a designer bag. Like I could, but I just don't because I just don't see the value in it. And you're telling me to buy a fucking $600 chair. So all I'm trying to do is like find a cheaper chair. I'm like, no, okay, maybe $200 is max I'd pay for a chair. And and then she's like, this one's not going to work. Look at the space. And we were doing mood boards. I was trying to find all these different alternatives to buy this one chair, which was handmade oak handmade chair from Germany like they are so incredible and I just fell in love with them and I was like dying and I was like I I can't do this like 
it's going to be $5,000 for the dining chairs, not including the table. Like the whole set costs about $7,000. And I was like, but the transformation that I had paying for these chairs and the, the level of like, you know, ah, uh, what's it like satisfaction or like appreciation for someone's art now is like mm-hmm. a whole new level. And I feel like it, it upped my frequency. So if someone feels like, oh, I can't charge this much for something that I make or my art or my photos, it's like, absolutely you can. Because the more that you like Kmart has ruined most <laughs> high end business because like it, we worked our ass off to be able to get those chairs. And it mm-hmm. feels so good to have people sitting around my table and being like, yes, we spent good money on those chairs. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just, I feel like there's so much even transformation that people get even just by buying something tangible that feels like you've worked hard for. And I think that's actually one thing I learned was that's been lost in this whole spirit of just having everything we want right now. Like, mm. yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, I, I wanted to share that because I definitely agree with what you were saying about how important it is for creators to be creating and be paid well yeah. for it. Yes. Because the more high frequency that you are, the more money that you make, you want to like spend it on beautiful things that last. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so much space for it. Like that as creators, we have to remember whatever we're doing, service-based, product-based, that people want this, that people are circulating money every second of every moment. Yeah. And um, I remember like, you know, trying to justify my fees or, you know, trying to feel like okay about it. And then you realize that you can get a paperclip from Tiffany's for like $2,000. It's like, you're worth it. Okay. You're fucking worth it. Your transformation is worth it. You can charge high ticket for your product because people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. It's all brand. Like, and that's why we have to grow brands. How cool is that? So tell me about that is something that you really focus on. Um, your Instagram and all your Instagram trainings is to help bring brands to life and how to really create a really strong brand. I'd love to know how you teach your clients how to do such amazing thing. Mm. I think a big thing with Insta is like you've got to fall in love with it. It's a lot of work. And I'm Mm. like, when we start to consider Instagram as the most important part of our day and our business, it gets easier. People are like, oh, I spend so much time on there. I'm like, obviously, like it's your business. You know, when people had to knock on doors, did they not spend a lot of time knocking on doors? Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, okay, so cool. Let's go spend some time on Instagram. So I think that's the first bit. It's like I'll be willing to spend constructive time on there because then we've got to know what to do. And that's the other bit. And I really like to focus on like a few main things. One is like connection. And I think this is lost. Like we just put content out there, which is great. But what about connecting? What about the people who are already following us? What about understanding our audience more and our clients more? And I think that's a really big pillar that's missed that I really hone in on um, with my clients. So that's the connection part. And then, of course, it's the creation part. It's the how, what are we putting out there? What's our content? Are we teaching people? Um, all of those cool things. And then I think the, the last part, the third part is really our 
ability to be able to like share on stories and sell every day. Like, mm. you know, when I tell people how much I sell, they're like, oh, I'll never sell that much. I'd be so annoying. But I think the actual big part of how we build brands that people buy from is our willingness mm. to say, hey, this is what I have and I'm going to invite you in to purchase it. So a really massive part is selling and being willing to sell and wanting to sell and knowing how to sell. So were you a membership consultant at the gym? Yeah. When you started? Yeah. So is that where you're kind of like, because it's a brutal job. I used to do it as well. Um, And I'm going to segue into it. But, you know, learning how to sell is one of the best skills the only skill that you that you need in your business, the, not the only, but the best, probably the most important. Because I realized when I was younger, I was like, well, if I don't know how to sell, then how do I have a business? So um, what are the things that you learned from that that you've now taken into and like your key ways to overcome the fear of selling, you know, um, that you teach your clients? I learned so much about selling in that job. Like, so, I'm forever grateful. Oh, my like, goodness. Let me there. Like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, same. Thanks, gym sales. So, but what's interesting is before I worked in a gym for sales, I was a telemarketer. So, I actually did phone sales, like, wow. in a room, day in, day out. Um, I'm pretty sure that was, uh, it was, like, before TAFE. My dad had just passed away, so I didn't go to to back to tape straight away. And that's what I did day in, day out, cold, cold, cold. And it was actually because I worked strange hours. So I'd go to the gym in strange hours that the manager was like, what do you do? And I told her and she was like, oh, I'll hire you. And she hired me for the gym. And I think I've always been really naturally good at sharing my story. And that's what sales is. It's like getting really, really good at, at sharing. And the thing is, we're always selling. The minute I got on this podcast, mm-hmm. I was selling. The minute you and I even got on the phone to chat before this, you're selling. You're always selling yourself. 100%. So I think when we yeah. get comfortable with the fact that it's kind of always happening, which is what I learned in gym sales, that we're kind of like, oh, okay, I'll just keep doing it. And yeah. the other thing gym sales really taught me is the the order of selling. Like, you know, yeah. with gym sales, it's like, it's a cutthroat industry. So you've got to really follow the script and follow the order of things. So there was definitely that. And the other part is how many calls we would make in a day. So I'd be like, cool, I need more bookings. And I would just call and call and work through this list and cross it off, cross it off. And it got me really good at what I do now, which is like DMing people or following people up because you have no choice to do that. But to do that in in gym sales, especially back then, this is, you know, 10 years ago. A hundred percent. So basically you've taken that and what you teach, I've been in some of your workshops on Instagram is how you can use that mentality of, well, if the business isn't there, like you were saying, you've got to interact. Like you can't just expect to post on Instagram and you're going to get someone in your DMs being like, I want to hire you for $10,000. Like it just doesn't work that way. So I'd love to know, because I know that you have to jump off soon, um, like a little process that you would, that you do to make sure that you have constant sales coming in through your Instagram. Yeah. And I think like, it's important to remember, they might just message you. Like some of my sales are random, but yeah, like, I've worked for so long, I want in, 
but so much are nurtured over time. They wouldn't have known that if you, they wouldn't have wanted to work with you for so long if you weren't showing up and you weren't asking for the sale constantly as well. So Constantly, exactly. So I think, yeah, exactly. And I think it's so important to remember all the touch points and the nurturing someone needs. So to like sum it up in a nice little, you know, tangible way, because it's probably something that takes me about three months to teach, by the way. So if anyone's listening and you're like, what? Like, no, that it takes, takes me a bit of, bit of time, but I would really look at from the Instagram component. How are you hitting each, um, each piece of like real estate on the app? So your content, is it just, does it just make you likable or does it make you someone who is uh, an authority and an educator and also likable and a human has to be both on your stories. Are you just like, I'll just put whatever up on my stories or does your stories have a strategy? Your stories should have a strategy all of their own. Are you sharing your behind the scenes? Are you sharing screenshots and wins from your clients? Are you selling on there? Then your next component is your DMs. Are you in there? Are you talking to people? Are you responding? Are you asking and inviting them to work with you? Do you know all the people who are following you? Like if you don't yet, that's an easy thing. Go message every single one. I did. That's how I made my first, you know, really, really big months and years. And then with those three components alone, if you are doing all of them on repeat and well, it's inevitable that people are seeing you and seeing you and seeing you. But I think remembering all of that needs to be happening well for at least three months to really feel the flow on effects. And then how mm-hmm. are people getting to experience you? Is there workshops? Is there podcasts? Is there lives? Like are people really getting to experience you in longer forms and know your energy and how you teach and all that beautiful stuff and your nuances? And that is the other thing I would be asking yourself. I love that. I absolutely love everything that you do. The way that you teach is so powerful. I've been in some of your workshops before and I've loved them. Um, and yeah, I just, I love, I love how you bring it all together. So I know that you have to, to wrap it off and I do as well. So, um, I just want to thank you. And I also want to know how can, you know, the listeners get in contact with you? Have we got anything coming up that they can register for? Um, yeah. Tell what us. a surprise that it's Instagram. How are we you today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? Oh, my goodness. Shocker, you guys. So I'm sure you probably pop it down the bottom, but it's Adriana Loves. Adriana with one N. Um, and on IG, I reply to everything eventually, so I'm always there in the DMs. And there's wait lists you can go on. There's VIP lists. There's workshops. There's my bigger like, – things, group mentorships that you can be a part of. Um, but it really is about like connecting and, and being in each other's world. So then, you know, we can point you in the right direction. It's so much fun. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for today. I know that there's probably going to be another interview down the track because I feel like we've just skimmed the surface, but thank you for taking the time out. And I know that the girls are going to be super inspired and boys, whoever's listening is going to be super inspired by your story. And yeah, I think there's some juicy goodness in here. So have a lovely day and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much. After selling my previous brand, I've decided I'm starting again from scratch. 
Do you want to come behind the scenes and watch me build my new seven-figure brand from the ground up? Now, this is going to be my most ridiculous offer ever. I'll coach you every single day for 21 days for free. Yes, crazy, I know. See, my passion is to see you live a life of fullness, the life your soul is yearning for you to be living. These 21 days are designed to light your soul on fire. If you're anything like me, life has not always been rainbows and unicorns. And because of that, your fire, your internal flame has either been dimmed or completely put out. Mine was too. It's taken me three grueling years to relight my flame, my internal fire, and put together this program. This program is called Ignite. It's designed to do just this, ignite your flame so that you can do the work you have been put on this earth to do. Over the next 21 days, I will take you through the exact steps I am taking and have taken to create my soul on fire business. And I will take you through the exact steps so that you can do the same thing. Whether you have a existing business or you have an idea of just starting out, this program will be the best thing you have ever done. You'll get daily trainings, a course curriculum delivered by video, audio, and worksheets behind the scenes, templates, lifetime access to all the training materials. What if your life could change? What if everything could change in just 21 days? I've been in business now since the age of 21. It's been over a decade. And these are all the things I wish I would have done or I did do in my business to start it out to build a seven-figure business. So if you are interested in the Ignite 21-day program, It is starting only in a week or so. So please register by finding me on Instagram, Belinda underscore Carusi, and I will put you on the list and send you through all the information that you need to ignite that flame, that fire, that your soul is yearning for you to be lit. So I look forward to seeing you in this program. I cannot wait. Love you. And I will see you there. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Belinda Carusi Show. If you love this episode as much as I did, head over and rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Fridays. I can't wait to hang out with you again.